Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod. Big Jim and Goody are back again and Bear52 are on board again this week. You guys been enjoying your beers? Well, I thought it was going to be a celebration. Hashtag always Adam at Bear52, a Scottish company. And no, I mean, I've had one. Um, it went down smoothly, but not joyfully, I should say. But they're still very good, of course. We like them and they like us. I get it's not as tasty as usual because of the defeat, but you can always drown your sorrows with more Beer 52 beers, can't you? Yes, you can, Goody. Yes, you can. I see what you've done there. I see what you've done there. Drown responsibly. And if you are a rugby pod listener, you can get eight free beers free. Your first ones are on us. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash rugby and cover the postage. That's the word beer followed by the number 52.com. And you can cancel your account at any time as well. So just head to beer52.com forward slash rugby to get your first case of eight beers for free. That's beer52.com forward slash rugby. And by doing so, you'll be supporting the rugby pod as well. How's your week been, boys? Jim, are you, are you over the big defeat or what? Well, I kind of am. Um, I haven't watched as much ruggers as you might think after the hashtag always Edinburgh defeat to the mighty Ulster. Stand up for the Ulster men. You know what? You know the hashtag they use, the, the Sutter or whatever it is. Had no idea. <laughs> Had no idea what that was. I've seen it for years. You didn't know what Sufton was? No, no idea. But then it oh, triggers because I'm reading after, after the game around the interactions of the Ulster Edinburgh game and I keep seeing the hashtag and then in my mind I'm saying stand, stand up, up for the for Ulster, Ulster man. Like that. And then... Or, or basically, stand up for the Madigan. Stand yeah, well, up of course. for the Madigan. Yeah, so I did watch two of the Guinness Pro 14 games, obviously the semi-final and the semi-final. This pod might have a bit of a theme around it today. Twitter. <laughs> I'm just going to say these four words to you, Jim. I'm just going to say these four words to you. I told you so, didn't I? Did you though? Did you believe that, or was it like you tweet? Was it like you tweets? You just tweeting and eating and not believing or believing? Mate, I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll announce this on the pod now. Everything I tweet, everything I say, I believe. I believed also we're going to win. I believe we'll get to Owen Farrell a bit later, but um, yeah. Listen, I told you so. I'll just leave. Mate, it there, you did. Jim. Let's go. But we can come on to the uh, the viral tweet that Goodies has gone, which is important, which is very important for some people. Um, so we can come on to the game. I'm sure in a bit. The weekend, I mean, so it was hashtag always Edinburgh on Saturday. It was hashtag always beach time yesterday with the family. So relaxing with the kids. So relaxing, not. (laughs) And then today it's been hashtag always work and hashtag digging through the articles and reading the big news. So I haven't watched as much rugby in terms of premiership stuff as I have in previous weeks. I haven't even got the black book. That's how busy I've been. I haven't even got the black book. Well, I'll just let you know, Jim. Yesterday was Sunday. This is obviously going to come out on Tuesday, but there was no Premiership Rugby on Sunday. There wasn't. No, it was all Saturday, was it? All the games were Friday and Saturday. Yes, James. Literally, I can't keep up. There's some on Tuesday. There's some on Wednesday. There's some Friday. There's some Saturday. There's some Monday, 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 Tuesday, happy days. Wednesday, Thursday, rugby days. They're everywhere, (laughs) mate. They're everywhere. So I didn't even know. I didn't even look. I had my phone off on Sunday for work. Saying that, you take those pictures, you bang them on Instagram, look how good my life is. You don't hear the screaming kids. I did that. But one thing that I want and I need the backing for, for anyone who sees me and the wife, or mainly the wife walking down the street, is convincing her, getting a dog, a new dog, 
is going to stem the screaming of the twins. No, I want to get. I want to get into the doc. Yeah, okay, maybe you're right then, <laughs> yeah. mate. Look at what's happened. You, you keep trying and you're trying and you try. She's not having it. No, she's not having it. You just got to focus on the twins, mate. And you know, you've got four kids. Uh, yes, yes. Although Jim has four kids, he only ever sends me the screaming twins or a picture of JJ. Now, I'll be honest about JJ. With that his ki- shirt off. With his shirt off. <laughs> on the beach. That kid, I mean, he's going to be hard as fuck, isn't he? <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. He ain't yours. He's got a rig that, you know, you'd be proud of. That's why you're sending me pictures of him. You sure JJ's yours? I'm not convinced now. Anyway, just for the millions of people out there, <laughs> you might be interested, but you're probably not. Monday night, after we record the podcast, is wrestle night. So me and JJ... I've kitted the garage slash studio out. We've got some wrestling mats around. He gets the boxing gloves and we go full goo. Whereas now I've had to tell him he can't go full goo on certain things. As in, he can't kick his old man in the ribs. But yeah, I'm not saying that he's my favourite. I'm not, but his name is Jack James Hamilton. He is, he just don't (laughs) scream. He sleeps. He sleeps, he eats, he doesn't scream. What more do you want from a kid? What more? How long until you give the twins some boxing gear? Well, they probably box each other, don't they? Mine do. They're just, you know what? Kids that age, they're absolute Judases. I'm watching it unfold. <laughs> yeah. One of the twins, so Max will be walking next thing, Freya, would you come behind him for no reason and double push him straight in the back? Yeah. And he'll, he, he could fall forward into the stairs, the TV, anything. Next thing, Max will pick something up and for, for no reason whatsoever, he'll lob it straight at the TV. Not at, not at Phoebe. Ju- Judas, Judas's, well, it probably does. He's probably, who knows? <laughs> he, he might well do it's like what's the point in decorating the house what's the point in making the house nice they're drawing all over the walls kids at that age are absolute judases like they just wreck the joint well you mean twins you mean when twins go at each other like my twins are the same i watch them and they are the same as that pushing each other over pulling each other's hair doing whatever and then we were at a farm park on sunday and there was this girl very similar aged olivia's gone off and she's playing on some uh, the climbing frame there's this girl that's a very similar age and I, I was like i don't recognize my daughter at the minute because she's playing really nicely with another kid normally she's trying to rip uh isabella's hair out or pinch her eyes out of her face and it's just madness isn't it twins are it's carnage you mentioned uh decorating keeping things tidy before gym um well here's one thing you can keep tidy it's your, it's your downstairs the below the waist grooming and manscaped are on board again this week they're offering precision engineered tools um for your family jewels you get it? Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I know why they've put these ball wipes in. I mean, this sounds crazy to talk about, but, you know, this is real life, right? They've got these ball wipes in there. When I took them out of the box, right, I'm holding them up almost like a dirty nappy. I just didn't know how to hold them. Held them comfortably. Now I know why you need them. When you've not got a stitch of hair down there, you realise the amount of sweat that it produces down there. I, I just didn't know. <laughs> Man, I, knew, I knew at the back... That it can happen, right? Because there's a courtesy wipe that goes on three or four times a day. That's fine. <laughs> Mate, you know, there's, it's just new. It's just, it just just takes a bit of time to get used to. It's a nice feeling though, isn't it, Jim? It's a great feeling, but it's not about me and you. It's not about me, you, Andy Rowe, Tim. It's not about the Manscaped masses. It's about the people you that you're with. It's about them. We're doing it for them, not just you. It's more for them. And the people associated with me, i.e. my wife, she seems happy. And if she's happy... I'm happy, happy wife. I'm getting a dog. That's all yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> and she finally, she said, you can see it now as well, which is nice. 
Andrew, let's not get there, mate. Let's not get there. I can still see my knees. I can still see my knees, mate. You just got to head to manscaped.com and you get 20% off plus free shipping with the code RugbyPod. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Don't forget to use the code RugbyPod. Your balls will thank you. Well, we'll get into the premiership shortly, uh, but first, there's been a bit of news, isn't there? Eddie Jones uh, taking on a coaching consultancy role with San Diego Legion and NMLR to go with the one that he's already got with the Suntory Sun Goliath in Japan. Is that a bit of a conflict of interest for the England head coach? He does what he wants. Money to money. <laughs> yeah, he does what he wants, doesn't he? I mean, I'd, listen, they've, they, the RFU have given him the blessing. You know, obviously, we don't know what that entails. You know, clearly it's not going to entail anything when he's on England camp. He does have a lot of free time. And to be fair to Eddie Jones, and look at a lot of the other international coaches, I know Eddie Jones likes the limelight. I know Eddie Jones likes to be seen on TV, in all the news, being the headline. He's at a lot of premiership games, isn't he? He's there all the time. You think of other coaches. Gats used to spend a lot of time back in New Zealand when he was the Welsh coach. So clearly an international rugby coach has a lot of time on their hands in between camps, in between tournaments. You know, if he wants to go and earn a few thousand dollars here or there, fair play to him. And also, I think it's good for the game with the MLR, the fact that he's going over there. And San Diego, a proper team. They've got Scott Murray coaching. Uh, obviously, Chris Robshaw is heading there soon. If Well, Quinns can't get relegated now. I don't know why I'm being horrible. <laughs> Wait, um, why are you being horrible? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's heading there. Matt, I'd, I'd, I'd love the MLR to take off. I really would. And I think having someone like Eddie Jones whether or not he's getting paid is neither here nor there when you're probably that rich but I think for the profile of the game and the MLR and the growth it should be a positive it looks like the new eight nations tournament uh, is going to be broadcast on Amazon what's happened now is there is, is there a different team a China oh, I can't say China um uh <laughs> I think it's South Africa Jim. Canada a Canada's back no, in or not I, I, mean, I think no. it's South Africa there's no confirmation but it's it's heading that way but Amazon coming in listen you know there's going to be complaints right there's going to be complaints because it's not on terrestrial TV. But ultimately, we're in the middle of a pandemic. If someone's going to come in like Amazon, which is a new player in the market in terms of rugby rights and showing that, then Jim and I are available for all matches to commentate on, aren't we, Jim? Altern- alternate <laughs> comms. Alternate comms. Mate, I, I really like Amazon. I like the stuff they do in sport, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff. They've set the bar with the all-or-nothings that they've done. I subscribe to Amazon. I do. I think the frustration is for people... You're trying to watch rugby, right? Now, if you're a big fan of rugby and you love it all, for the Guinness Pro 14, you've got to have Premier Sports or Air Sport or whatever it is in Ireland. BT Sport here. Terrestrial TV is obviously free. Some games are shown on Channel 4. Sky Sports for the Lions and the Southern Hemisphere stuff. How good was that game at the weekend? My word. Hey, it was worth paying for it to get that. Um, So if you're a fan or you're a fan, it becomes very, very pricey. But it's just another platform, is it? But I think Amazon, if they do get it, They'll do it right, and they'll make sure that the product is good that they put out there. So I actually think it's a good thing. I think it was always going to head in that direction, and Amazon and Netflix, I actually quite like it, to be fair, if I'm honest. Well, we spoke about it last week. What do you guys make of the new Champions Cup format that's been released for next season? You guys, you confused, or...? Mate, are you asking Jim Hamilton if he's confused by something? I mean... <laughs> I, that, I mean, it's eight teams. That's all I know. It's eight teams from each league. That is correct. Yeah, I've got it. I see how I paused. I was trying to think through. <laughs> Mate, I saw a breakdown. I think Alistair Eakin was doing one for BT Sport. He was trying to break it down. It didn't It didn't seem that difficult. I mean, how hard... Yeah, it's eight teams. It's eight teams. That's all I know. It's eight teams from each league, which makes 24 teams. But the beauty of it is 
you can't play against another team in your league or something along those lines. You're tiered one to four. One plays four, well, two plays three. This is all starting to sound very much like Super Rugby. Yeah, I mean, and that's the problem. But listen, it's a one-off. It's just for this year because of the pandemic, because of the situation we're in. And you just got to embrace it. Listen, bottom line is Champions Cup's up for grabs. However, you get there and that is an unbelievable competition to win. Uh, I'm going to go back to that game in the Southern Hemisphere. How good was that? That was absolutely ridiculous, the skill set. And then people were moaning about the semi-final on the Friday night, Leinster-Munster. One for the purists, like Leo Cullen said. I loved it. And then the, I thought, you know, the highlights that I've seen from the Prem, Prem games was pretty good as well. Pretty good. Man, I'm, I'm more upbeat this week. Look at me. Amazon, come and get me, mate. Come on. <laughs> well then, shall we have a little chat about Goody and his Twitter and the premiership and what went on there? Well, it went viral. Let's say that. A lot of people, nay, piggybacked Goody's video. Did you video your TV? Was that you videoing your TV? It was the TV in the wall in one of the five on suites, mate. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the ones you get at the end of your bath. So it was just there. I was lying in the bath, bollocks out, and just watching that. And boom, there you go. Owen Farrell, what are you doing? Shall I go first? Because then you, you can maybe, maybe go on. So... I didn't. I weren't watching the game, right? And then I watched the clip, and it looked bad. And then you're seeing his name start trending on Twitter, and then you watch it back, and then you watch it back. And then I get carried away, right? Because I start watching the stuff that other people are putting together. You know, they start putting like music over the top and <laughs> and compilations together, and start kind of going down the media route, the social media route. Just add-ons. I'm just watching that stuff, and I didn't really forget it. But I watched the interaction that was happening with with Goody and some of the people and some of the messages that were coming through. So let's part that for now. So today, because obviously we're recording the podcast on Monday, I've gone back and watched the highlights properly on the big plasma at home, no kids. So I'm fully engaged in it. And what I didn't want to do was piggyback Goody's tweet and be like, yeah, I 100% agree. Or I've not put anything out about it because one, people know about my relationship with Owen. People know that it's easy to jump on the bandwagon. I'm going to go to it. It's one of the worst tackles I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is. I, seriously, and Goody, you can come on now. It doesn't matter what we say or how we open people up or whatever. What will be will be, right? There's just some tackles that you see. It's like punching someone in the face, right? It's like, it's like if you run up to someone... And just and you're running as fast as you could and punched him in the face. It is completely unacceptable. Now it's not at that level, obviously, because he's not he's he's gone to make the tackle. But the force in which he's hit him and the height in which he's hit him, and yes, he's slightly dipping. And there's a lot of chat around Atkinson's age, only being a young lad, and that shouldn't come into it. And there's a part of that where it's right, but he's still a fucking young lad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And one of the other things about it was was just. The way you know, like it just stopped dead. Like he's made that tackle. Was it accidental? Like you know, this is up for debate. We don't know. But I'll just go back to it again. I've watched it on TV on Monday on my own with no hidden agenda. That's a fucking bad tackle. Like yeah. as in, I'd say it's an awful tackle, and you can't get away from that. And the more you watch it, the worse that it gets. So you try not to watch it. You just try and put it in that kind of simpler context to a game. But it was coming. It, you know, you tackle that high. You know, if he's hit him low, it's an unbelievable tackle. Unbelievable tackle, but he hasn't. He's hit him high and he's knocked him out, the poor lad. This is the thing though, right? So, and, and people are, some people that have, have come back at me on Twitter, listen, 95% of people, at least 95% of people agree with me on Twitter. 
Um, it's horrific. And then there's like the 100 Saracens fans that they've got and Will Fraser that have come at me saying it's embarrassing what I'm saying. I'm like, hold on a minute. Let's park who it is. Let's just talk about the mechanics of the tackle, right? So Atkinson's picked the ball up at the back from an Owen Farrell kick and he's kind of heading across the field looking at the defensive wall that's in front of him. Owen Farrell isn't part of that defensive wall because he's flown up on the outside chasing his kick and he's in the blind spot now. Owen Farrell is in the complete blind spot of Atkinson. Atkinson has got no idea that Owen Farrell is coming to get him from that blind spot. And that's perfectly legal for him to come and do that if it's a legal tackle. So Owen Farrell, and you watch the the last five steps of Owen Farrell, doesn't slow down at all. He's got one thing on his mind. And this is why, where you talk about intent, the intent of Owen Farrell is to absolutely wallop Atkinson as hard as he can. Right? There's no second thought about he might step me or I've got to get my feet right. I've got to get my body set to make a, a tackle. Owen Farrell's doing one thing. He's going there to hurt that kid. Legally or illegally, he, in his mind, he's going there to smash him as hard as he can. And that's okay because that's within the laws of rugby. If you want to go and smash someone, you, you're perfectly entitled to in a legal manner. The issue is, if you watch Owen Farrell, he's accelerating still as he gets to him and doesn't change his body at all. He's upright. He swings the arm and people are going, oh yeah, but he stepped and he, he, he lowered his height. I reckon he's lowered his height by an inch tops. You're out of control. You've got maximum force. There's, you know, there's not even a question of force here. Maximum force with maximum intent of trying to put your whole body weight through a tackle, which, Jim, we've played the game. There's times you fly in for a tackle and there's times when you soak up. Farrell's given that absolutely everything he can to try and hurt the kid. He obviously wants to hurt him in a tackling sense. And, you know, with it, you, he's ran that risk. And I'm going to say, this tackle by Owen Farrell, I'm going to say comfortably, is the worst tackle I've seen since, probably for God knows when, but... Christopher Hallow Affair. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it's, it's the worst tackle I've seen since they've brought in these regulations and the law amendments and everything to try and protect the players. And just to let people know, Owen Farrell's gone over to World Rugby over the last six, eight, nine months talking about player welfare. Well, there ain't no player welfare in Owen Farrell's mind there, the way he's accelerating, coming from the blind side, knowing full well that Atkinson, he knows that Atkinson hadn't seen him. So that's got him even more excited and he's gone and try and walloped him. So unfortunately, I see this as the worst type of tackle that World Rugby are trying to get rid of because Atkinson can't even brace himself when he sees it. You see a big defender coming to whack you as a ball carrier, you will brace yourself, won't you, Jim? Well, Courtney Laws used to tackle like that. It doesn't so much now. He used to blindside the nine. And obviously but he does it low. Dis- he does it low and legally. And the distance is significantly shorter. I think, you know, it's all them things you're speaking about. Let's be honest, if it's five inches lower, it's an unbelievable tackle and he's dislodged the ball and he probably knocks it out and Saracen's going as... Five inches? It's yeah, I know. I, I know. It's, but it's, it's absolutely this, reckless. Yeah, this this is the thing where people are saying if it's this, if it, it's not though, you can only deal in what's happened. People go, oh, if it is five inches lower or two inches lower, it's a brilliant hit. Well, yeah, but it isn't though. All we can do is judge and deal with what we've seen. And there's no doubt in my mind this is a high end. You know, the, we've got the jury coming to, tomorrow night over Zoom or whatever it is for Owen Farrell, and we'll find out what happens. But there's mid level, which is six weeks minimum and there's high end which is 10 weeks minimum this is high end without a shadow of a doubt and did you see Christoph Ridley as well stood over Owen Farrell I don't know why he was stood over him um after the incident he was like literally stood over him because he thought the Wastlers are going to go to town here well you'd have thought that might have been the case but everyone now knows you can't throw a punch or do anything so he stood there to try and get in the way to stop that happening but 
the Wasp players have probably thought, actually, it's own foul, so... It, I'll probably fucking knock him out anyway, fucking smash him, fucking bang him out, like... Yeah, mate, it's, it's not good. I mean, like, looking at the social media interaction, I didn't want to go back, I didn't want to piggyback what people were saying, I didn't want to make light of it either, but there was people banging stuff up about you, Goody, putting Crofty into the sheds. But the get look, the game was different. I, I was flying into Rooks two-footed then. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But you, mate, you could, like, you could do, not that you could do what Goody did then, but Goody did it because he couldn't tackle. That was mate, I stepped, Dan Carter stepped me and I left my ha- left my arm out high. I'm like, he can't get through here. You left your bingo wing, mate. He's li- you've literally nearly choked he, him out with yeah, it. Yeah, he caught my bingo wing. But that's 10 years ago, so it's a different set of circumstances. And, you know, my one with Dan Carter, we're straight in front of each other. We're a yard away. Owen Farrell's ran 50 metres and just given him full beans, hasn't he? And if World Rugby is serious, and this is the point I'm trying to, if World Rugby are serious about player safety and player welfare and the concussion issues that are going on in the sport, you have to make a hard stand. And this is high end and it's 10 plus weeks minimum to start off with. It can go up to 52 weeks. I'm not asking for that. What I'm saying is, you know, if if you're trying to eradicate something, you put a 20 week ban in there and then you might bring it down to 10 weeks because he says, sorry, he's guilty and showed remorse uh, and he's got a... Yeah, you look at his record. He got banned for a very similar tackle on Dan Robson in your 2016 Champions Cup semi-final gym, which he should have got sent off for in hindsight. And for people that are saying he stood on the side of the pitch and said sorry and put his hands up, that's irrelevant. You're begging. You're begging for forgiveness, you are, you mate. Are, you've, got mate. A, you've got a Six Nations, albeit against Italy. He's probably thinking that, but... Yeah. 17 and a half grand a game on the line there, son. Oh, I don't know. Is it? Is yeah, it still? It's the new deal, 17 and a half grand. I think one of the other things we should chat about, Goody, is you calling him out because a lot of people are getting into you, aren't they? I said it 18 months ago on the podcast, you know, when all this tackle technique stuff started coming in, we started seeing red cards. I said the one that will be done, the big one, the big news will be Owen Farrell. Everyone has talked this through. So people have come at me going, oh, you know, you're just enjoying seeing another man, another fly half because you weren't as good as him. I'm not enjoying this. I'm in the media. I've got an opinion. I'll give my opinion. And... He hasn't been unlucky in this scenario at all. He's flown in as hard as he can. He hasn't learned from other examples. And everyone knows you can't do... We, do you remember we sat here a couple of weeks ago talking about Nanai trying to smash Johnny May in the head and just sat there thinking, what's he doing? This is way worse than that. And you and you sit there and you think, you know, England captain, everyone knows how he tackles. And people go, oh, it's his rugby league background. He ain't played rugby league probably for 20 years or 16 years or something. It's, you can't no, even I played use football, that. mate, for President Kennedy at, and, and school, mate. You didn't see me two-foot fa- two tackling people, did you? Well, I did. I went, I went, I went into the rocks like that. Sorry, I'm I, I, guilty. Lima Sopoanga commented on your tweet and called it a dog shot. Do you think Do you think it was a dog shot? What does dog shot mean? I think it means like oh, it's, oh. it's a dog egg, like it was a cheap shot. A dog. That's Is that, is that a Kiwi thing? Yeah, it is the thing. This kid was at school last year, right? And... I know Wasps are really excited about his talent. And here's the sad thing about this, and I'm probably going to embarrass him by saying it. If he listens to this, I don't know, but it may get back to him. He sees Owen Farrell as one of his heroes. Like, Imagine being at school the last five years and you're a fly half and you're looking at it. Who's your, your go-to guy when you're looking at someone that you as a role model? It's Owen Farrell. First chance you get to play against him, he's ripped your head off. The, 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 genuinely, that has made me sad that you say that. And... I was chatting to Kelly about it because he was talking about his age. Kelly um, Broom. Kelly Broom, we were talking about it. You know, Kelly's coaching Glasgow, uh, hashtag Warriors now. And we were obviously chatting about it because we've played with Owen um, and he reads the media and listens to us as well. And he was talking about his age isn't a thing. And I kind of nodded and agreed with him. It was only last night we were talking about having not seen it properly. And of course, he's old enough to play rugby. He's a man. 
But that's the sad part, I think, about it is if what you're saying is true. And, it does, you know, that's not going to affect how long a ban he gets just from a point of view as a man-to-man, you know, like a young kid coming through and your England captain. That's the sad thing about it. But I'll tell you now, for England, it could be a good thing. The fact that he's done that and he ain't going to do it again. Is he going to act the way that he, he acts or acted in the past and think that it's it's play on? Maybe that's what he needed. I don't know. Do you think Owen Farrell was worse or Novak Djokovic? Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, mate. mate, Owen Farrell every day of the week. It's an insurance job. I've said it. The, the Djokovic <laughs> wants an insurance job, mate. Hey, smart. So you, you look at that one, and I saw something on social media. There was a journalist that asked him the question about his temperament and what he does around that a couple of years ago, and he ridiculed, Novak Djokovic ridiculed the journalist for asking the question, and everyone jumps on the bandwagon going, ha-ha, what a stupid question from that journalist. Well, let's go back and look at another case. Do you remember I came in hard at Carl Sinclair for his behaviour in a game against Wales, and I basically said, because of what happened, he changed momentum and it cost England the game. And I think Jamie George, another mate of yours, Jim, came out and said, I know nothing about rugby. And then, well, lo and behold, a year later, Carl Sinclair comes out and goes, yeah, I, acceptance I acceptance yeah, well, yeah he, he goes oh, you know I had problems uh, on the field my attitude blah, blah blah I cost my team I'm like oh just because I said it you get ridiculed and berated same thing with Owen Farrell said it 18 months ago it's happened I don't want it to happen and part of saying stuff is you don't want it to happen but here we are in the here and now it's happened and yeah well, let's see what the judicial committee do how long is the ban going to be oh I think he deserves a minimum of 12 weeks I think he'll get eight to ten. I'm going to say eight weeks. No, I'm not. I'm going to change. I'm going to say ten. And is that mitigated down, Jim? Because you know, there's this big thing about you go and say sorry, you apologise, no. you, your record, no, no. etc. No, no, no. I reckon he's got ten, ten weeks. Ten weeks. And I think that, that if he gets ten weeks... That'll be a good outcome for him. Because there's the, the bit of admission of guilt, you get a fifty, you get a discount, and it sounds mad when you're talking about it. A percentage comes off, and I think it's something like if you admit guilt, you show remorse, and you've got a good record, you get a fifty percent discount on what they give you. So it's what you think he should have, what he's going to get, and how many biscuits the uh, the committee get through while they're deciding what to give him. Yeah. So there's all these pillars that you've just gone through there, and again, you're well read and you and you know about them. But I think there's also an element that he's England captain. That's what I think. And that needs to be shown that it doesn't matter what level you're at and it doesn't matter who you are, that that's serious. And having watched it today, being Monday, it is one of the worst tackles I've ever seen in, I'd say, the professional era because of the context around it and how fast and the speed and all the things that you've just gone through. Do you want to talk about the rest of that game? or I think we should really because Wasps under-16s beat Saracen's first team, didn't they, Jim? Mate, I thought Willis was playing, but it was his brother. It's his brother, mate, and that's mate, what I said good. to him. Exactly, that's what I said to him last week. I've, apparently, your brother's better than you. Mate, did not know. <laughs> mate, you know you know hashtag Wasps inside out. Come on, you Wasps, whatever it is, coys. Um, <laughs> mate, fair play. Mate, Wasps are flying. And that's the thing, isn't it? So they've rotated, and you know, I know the feeling in the camp was, you know, we're giving a lot of these young guys a chance, and it's great experience, and let's hope we can stay in the fight and perhaps get something out of the game. But to go and win that, and in the process that we're in at the minute where these games are coming thick and fast, so Wasps play Leicester on Wednesday at home, and you can clearly see from the selection that they're keeping the big guns for that game. Well, imagine being the coaching team and your youngsters who you probably, if you're being honest, you're not going to say this to anyone, but if you're Lee Blackett and you go into that game against Saracens and Saracens were fully, fully stacked, you're thinking, geez, you know, this is going to be a tough afternoon. You can't make any bones about it. It's going to be... 
and you want to see your side fight and stay in the fight and commitment and all the physicality, all the pillars that you want your team to be, they were there. And then to get the win, there must be buzzing. So the first team now, it's probably pressure on them now. They go into Wednesday's game. And what are we talking about? The last time the first team played when rotation was going on, we played Sale at home and it was Sale's second team that came to town and Sale beat them. So this top four battle is going to carry on and on and on. Bath, it looks as if it's probably going to be that fourth spot between Bath and Wasps at the minute. So a key win. And you mentioned Wasps fully loaded. Mate, they've got Leicester. How bad? <laughs> ah, mate. Well, they're, they're transition, aren't they? So it, actually, it's irrelevant, their results, Leicester's results. I don't want to berate them too much because, you know, Leicester, you can see they're using the whole squad. Borthwick's getting to know his players and that's what he's using this spell of games for. But yeah, it was Sale's first team. Manu goes back and scores a try, doesn't he? You ain't stopping him from there, are you? Yeah, and the funny thing is, right, and I looked at the, I looked at the highlights, George Ford, bless him, has moved out from 10 defensively to around 13 because they know off a five meter scrum they're just coming short of the 10 channel and what happens they change the move a little bit and it's Manu Tuilangi he's got to try and tackle and he put his body in the way fair play but you ain't stopping Manu from there I did a similar thing a few years back when I was playing and I went for the intercept and Manu scored anyway so what's the point in getting involved in contact you ain't stopping him are you (laughs) and Exeter's uh, B team also had a big win didn't they over Northampton's top team mate what's happened to Northampton yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because the way the coaching staff look at it, they probably feel they've got a balance between they can put two very equal teams out, whereas a lot of other clubs have gone first team, second team, haven't they, in reality? And it hasn't worked for them at all. So they've they've picked what they feel is two balanced teams so to get the best results out of everything. And they've what they've done, won one game, I think, against London Irish. So, yeah, it's, it's not looking good for them. How good are Gloucester's back three at the moment? Wheels. Lewis Rees-Summit, what do you reckon? England? <laughs> that's another thing I put on Twitter Imagine. yeah I know I saw it yeah he, and he replied didn't he he did um, I, he's clearly Welsh mate That's he's only ever playing for Wales Eddie Jones should, could probably go there and say listen the rest of the team are getting paid 17 and a half grand a game we're going to give you double that which is what Jim what's double 17 and a half oh it's a lot it's 35 yes good maths teacher boom I said it quick that was under pressure yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, in other news around Gloucester and probably more importantly Danny Cipriani's married has he? Yeah, he got married. He's married, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Congrats. Congrats to Danny. Um, yeah, uh, mate, much needed win. It'll be top eight for them now. That's what they'll be vying for. Well, top eight is done. You reckon? Yeah. I was hoping London Irish would come on a good run, mate, because Quinns are eighth. So, <laughs> on 37. So, London Irish on 29, mate. Yeah, you're probably right. What did you make of Quinns on the weekend, Jim? Mate, just felt sorry for him, mate. Just felt sorry for him. Marla's moaning why, now, isn't he? Marla's moaning. Horrible? I do feel sorry for him, mate. Marla's <laughs> moaning, mate. There's too many games. He said it. Mate, I don't know. I saw Guzzi's comments. Like, he is livid. Can you imagine? Because, mate, it, we expected big things from Quinns, didn't we? With yeah. Paul Gustard, you know, at the helm. They've got a good team, but... Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? They're just so inconsistent, right? They always so, have been. They always yeah. have been, though. Yeah, they have. And they can get up for... Like, they got up last week and beat Northampton at home. Um, and it was a good win for them last week, wasn't it? And that was a game to keep them in the hunt for top four. And then the next week, they played Bath. Same sort of thing. And they just got blitzed. I'm literally reading Gustard's comments now. I'm sad for the board. I imagine he means the owners. I'm sad for the club and I'm sad for the fans because they had fans, didn't they? Yeah. Well, that's the big news about it. Yeah. You know? and, and, yeah. and imagine being a Quinns fan. And apparently... 
I read and I see things in the press. Apparently, loads of Quinns fans were leaving way before the end. I mean, imagine. Oh, don't say that. Don't <laughs> say. Don't say imagine guilty. not watching rugby. Imagine not watching rugby for six months. It was that the, bad. They, they, the they left. <laughs> the first game you get to, and then they're only Quinns fans because that's how it had to be. Um, they left before the end. They aren't trying to skip the traffic because there wasn't any traffic. They were just very disappointed in their team. So it's great to see fans back. How good is it to see fans back, though? In fairness, how good a bath, though? I've made the very good. I don't know. I don't know what's happened. The one thing about Bath and their game against Quinns at the weekend, it was interesting. I don't know whether you've seen the highlights or watched the game, but Lewis Boyce gets an intercept and runs it in from about. He'll claim it's about eighty, but it was about thirty-five meters against his old team. There's probably nothing sweeter to get the bonus point try against your old team, getting the intercept, and when you're a prop, running it in from that far out. It was great to see. So yeah, things were ticking over nicely for Bath at the weekend and the big thing for Bath as well is Ben Spencer how good exactly and you know what I'm really happy for him as well because he's been in the shadows of Wigglesworth a little bit and you know if he made a mistake at Sarri's you know was he getting shouted at I'm just asking the question Um, by by who who would shout him no I'm just asking no I'm just asking the question Owen Farrell no I'm just asking I'm just asking the question are you saying that if you made a mistake Owen Farrell shouted down your, your neck and like Ben Spencer did the same thing Farrell's going hard at him as well no, Spenner never shouted at me. Um, <laughs> so him as well. So I'm I'm really really happy for Spenner because I think he can kick on now. Paul Lad went to the World Cup, the last game on the bench. That was it, mate. Do you remember he, he got flown out for the final? Yeah, oh, mate, that's a dream though. You know, to get there and be on the bench of the World Cup final when you played whoever it was away the week before. But this the thing with Ben Spencer, right? Is and I question this now. I think he should be picked for England as first choice nine. I agree. If we're looking at form right now, coming into the Italy game or the Eight Nations, now he's gone to Bath, and this isn't a criticism of anything, Saracens play a certain way, don't they? Bath are trying to put width on it, and he's a massive part of that. Was he pigeonholed by Eddie Jones as a scrum half that can only play the Saracens way, which is bloody successful, has been bloody successful because they broke the salary cap. But now you look at him play at Bath, he is everywhere. He's running the show with Priestland. He's getting the ball away from breakdowns. He's making breaks. He's quick. He's rapid. He is, and he is absolutely shredded as well. And he can kick goals. He's a a lion starting nine. He is, mate. (laughs) He's in. Well, we can have a chat now with the star of the show in that one and one of the most informed wingers in England at the moment, Bass Rory McConaughey joins us. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, lads. Yourselves? Rory, we're very good, mate. I'm looking at the sp- the spelling of your name and because I'm well-read and I'm Scottish, mate, it's a Scottish name through and through, <laughs> is it not? <laughs> You're very right. You're very right. Yeah, so me and my brothers were all born in London, but if you look at blood-wise, we are sort of Scottish. Everyone in our family is Scottish. They all, a lot of them live up north of the border and stuff, so... Yeah, just due to where we were born and grew up in England, that's that's where it comes from. I see where you're going with this, Jim, but there is a huge difference between you, your good self, Hamilton is a Scottish surname, and McConaughey, which is a Scottish na- surname. Basically, what you're saying is he should have played for Scotland. Rory's good enough to play for England, mate. You weren't, Jim. So, you know, it, there's a huge difference there, I'm afraid. But you were born in London, but are you fully Scottish blood? So full Scottish blood or not? 
Yeah, in terms of blood wise, yeah, fully Scottish. So, so you so so you're Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Keep digging, Jim. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? We, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, it's great to have you on. Um, even though you're you know you're English, mate. Let's forget the Scottish blood. You can see him at Christmas. That's all right. Um, but you're on fire at the minute, aren't you? Eight tries uh, in the Premiership this season. You've equaled the record. I think the Bath record five scoring games on the trot. Eddie Jones has been watching and smiling every time you're doing stuff. You, you must be in a really good place at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's, um, I think as a team, we've, we've spoken long and hard about as, as a backline, we wanted to be better. Like we knew we, we were confident we had a, a very good forward pack and we had the backs to do it, but we just weren't performing, um, especially at the beginning of this season. And uh, I'm just happy. Yeah, we're getting it into those wide channels. Obviously, it benefits me a lot. Um, but, you know, Reese is playing well. Cam and Josh Matavesi coming into the team has, has massively helped our attack as well. So, yeah, it's good to profit from it, but it's it's a lot of work being done in the week leading up to them. Mate, Josh Matavesi has been unbelievable. Uh, but let's talk about the whole team. Mate, what, what's happened at Bath? Like you lads, I, at first I was thinking it's because maybe the opposition's not been as good and it took a couple of weeks to get back in, but proper win at the weekend. Where's the resurgence come from under Hooper and Neil Hatley as head coach? I mean, Reese Priestens dyed his hair. I can't see much else that's Matavesi we mentioned, but what is it? What's happening? I think Benno said it a few weeks ago. I think it was, it's more the, the trust element of our game that we, we back ourselves to, you know, we back our, our forwards to do the job. And if they're going to keep it tight, we back them to score near the 22. But in the same time, if we see space and stuff, they now back us to go and, and we're not going to shout at each other. We will get it wrong. So we want to, we want to try things and uh, we know we've got the ability and the players to do it. Like you look at the players we've got in our back line and it's, and it's awesome. And, and, you know, some guys coming through as well. You've got Orlando Bailey coming out into the Academy this year. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a star in, in future years. What a name that is Orlando Bailey. He, I mean, he's going to be a star, isn't he? You have to be, you got to be. <laughs> Well, let's obviously yourself, you know, big win at Quinn's at the weekend. Uh, one of the things I want to pull you up on, though, is um, you may be finishing tries of fun, but you seem to have a little Steve Borthwick scab on the end of your nose. Has anyone given you any banter about that? Was that from taking contact or avoiding it? It's, I think it's, it's something that us backs do near the end of the game, just to show that we've actually we've actually done some hard graft in the game. So no, I, I, I always seem to pick up it on my nose. I think it's just because i got a big schnoz. But um, yeah, <laughs> it seems to just catch it right at the end of each game. Well, I, I like it, mate. It's a war wound. I used to give myself one before the game just to make myself look hard. Um, let, let's talk. I don't know why I'm delving into the culture of Bath. I, I've always found Bath a really interesting club, right? I've had a, a load of mates play there. I remember when I was younger, when I was at Leicester, we used to have unbelievable games against Bath. So I've, I've always got an interest in Bath and the fact that you've got an amazing training facility where the stadium is it's a beautiful place I was going to say city or town even a village whatever but what else is it Gervin Dempsey's come in as well um is it the fact that players are fit I mean Priestland's playing really well there was talk of him leaving as well so you know he, he, he's found a little bit of form is it a new way in which you're playing Will Stewart in the forwards is unbelievable now he's coming through you've got a bit of strength and depth anything else you can give us um I guess it's you know like Bath like before I joined, I always saw them and a lot of pundits saw them as sort of the underachievers with the quality that they had in there. And I think it's getting everyone, what Hoops has done really well is, is getting everyone on the same page and, you know, being able to add someone like Hats into the coaching staff is is massive for us. He gives the boys so much energy and sort of just pushes us to be just never never comfortable in training and, and constantly wanting to get better. So I, th- I think it's good. I think, you know, you've got, 
a few boys that have been there a few years now um, that came came to the club young, like a lot of the guys that sort of came from that London Irish Academy have now been at Bath sort of five or six years now. Um, and they've sort of really stepped up into leadership roles and it, it shows. And just, you know, the quality that we've got and the experience that we've got, I think everyone wants silverware and it's kind of like we want it. Yeah, we want it as soon as possible. Is it anything to do with the fact that Freddie Burns has now left that the backs are playing so well or is that just a myth? <laughs> yeah, we can tell him that. I'll message him that saying that there's that reason. No, um, Freddie's a fan of the show. He's a good friend of ours, so uh, just getting stuck into him for a bit of fun. So feel <laughs> no, free, pi- pile in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's been good. I think I think lockdown was, was good for us um, almost to reset a bit and, you know, having, I think for any player, you probably ask having time away from rugby, some boys won't have had a rest for the sort of last two or three seasons. So actually it was pretty good. And, you know, we've always said the team that comes sort of reacts best to lockdown is is going to win the cha- is going to win the championship this year. So win the premiership, win the title this year. So um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's going to be us. And looking at the makeup of the back three at Bath, it's ridiculously talented, isn't it? Obviously, you're on fire. Uh, Rockin' and Goonies on the other wing at the weekend. He was skinning people for fun. I, I remember watching the weekend's game. He made Nathan O look like a school kid um, when he stepped him and did him. Um, and obviously, there's uh, Cock and a Singer is going to come back from injury at some point, and Anthony Watson as well. There's a real blend there of not only youth but experience as well in in some two of the older boys. But bottom line is, anyone that touches the ball out of the back three is ridiculously exciting. How hard is it to? keep in the team when it all gets down to week to week rugby with all that talent around you as well. Yeah, it's 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 tough but it's you know it's the challenge that you want. You want to be constantly pushing yourself. I don't like I'm a big believer of never wanting to feel comfortable at training because you're just not going to get better that way and I think having the likes of, you know, Anthony who's he's he's not he's still younger than me but he's like the experience that he's got in terms of rugby is ridiculous. Um Joe's obviously going to be a global superstar for years to come and Rocco's done all he's done leading up to now and can still skin sort of 21 year olds on the wing um, and then we've got you know we've got Gabe Hammerweb who had an incredible start to this season and Daz Atkins coming back from injury so there's a lot of depth and talent in in our back three department and I think it can only be good for us as long as we hold on to everyone I think it's going to be class for us going forward. No, absolutely. I wanted to talk a little bit about your backstory as well. Uh, played in the championship, am I right in saying that? But you're in the neat and Hart- were, Hart- were Hartbury in the championship or not? No, I never made the champ. I was I was Nuneaton for two years. What a club! Uh, yeah, the skins. Is there still a, still a picture of me on the wall there at Nuneaton? That was my junior rugby club. One of yeah. Just say just say yes. Just say yes. Yeah, yeah. One. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, weirdly weirdly enough, mate, I played in the neat and old boys. Uh, just to let you know, or old heads, which old is heads. old heads. Yeah, that's it. Old heads, mate. I play from the knee, and a small world. Uh, so <laughs> I want to talk about the the lower league teams. Um, Lewis Ludden, we had on last week from Rotherham. There's been some funding cuts, obviously, in the championship. I don't know if you've got mates who are still playing around uh, that level or whatever, but it's a great apprenticeship for all of us. Like we've all we've all played down there. I was at Nottingham as well for a little bit. You hardly make any money. It's a tough old league. The travel and everything. How was your experiences? I say down there. I mean, it's, it's pretty good fun, but down in the lower leagues. I loved it, to be fair. Like, I'd, so I'd, I never actually played championship. But so all of my rugby up until joining the sevens was was amateur. So I like I loved it. I would have I would have kept on playing even if I hadn't made made it pro. And it definitely wasn't well. What was I? Twenty three. It definitely wasn't a plan at that point to be pro. I kind of passed it off as it just wasn't going to happen. So yeah, I, I loved it. Loved my two years at the Nuns, and still, you know, still chat to a lot of the boys today, and still chat to the DOR quite a lot. And um, yeah, it was it's a hell of a hell of an experience to do. I was trekking out from 
Cheltenham. I was at Uni Gloucester, so making the trek up from Cheltenham uh, every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and yeah, living the dream. Loved it. And then Hartbury, yeah, Hartbury was, yeah, Hartbury was for a season in that one. And that was probably very different to other National One teams in terms of, uh, I've always said it's as as professional as you can get without being a pro with uh, the facilities they have and the setups they got. But it was a perfect stepping stone for me to go from that into into the Sevens programme. Well, let's talk about the Sevens programme as well then, because ultimately, uh, you know, uh, you had a great success in that as well. Uh, and then moved into 15s, you know, you've got mates that will still be in the Sevens, likes of Charlie Hayter, Richard DeCarpentier as well, who I'm pretty good mates with. Those guys have, have had it pretty tough over the, the last period, and especially at the minute with uh, Richard DeCarpentier. How tough is that looking at those guys at the minute? Um, how, how do you feel about the Sevens? Jim and I are absolutely devastated. Hong Kong's been cancelled because uh, that's our yearly blowout that we look forward to. But those guys, that you know, they haven't got a job at the minute, have they? It's really tough for them. Yeah, it's it's hugely tough. And, and honestly, I'm like, I'm just gutted for them. I think, um, you know, a few people have asked me about it over the last few weeks. And it is, it's just, it's just that really sicky feeling that you feel like they're, they're now jobless. And there's so many good people, like, as you said, you know, hates and chippy and there's so many good people in that program, whether it's players or staff um, that have given so much towards, you know, the sevens program, that's the men's and the women's teams. And it's just sad looking at it now thinking, is that their, well, firstly, England sevens dreams career has gone. And then is that their Olympic dreams gone as well? So, you know, I know they're doing a lot of work individually at the moment, going out looking for funding. And I, I hope something comes of it because, you know, they've got a great chance to be successful at, at Tokyo and on the world series, but yeah, we'll, just have to wait and see what happens let's be positive now and let's talk about England right let's talk Matt I had no idea you were 28 and you were 23 when you were knocking about at Nuns or was that Hartbury at 23 yeah yeah Hartbury at 23 I think joined yeah I think I made my England sevens debut I think 24 yeah, I think Mate, so. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? So it's been a rapid but late rise to fame. Um, how's that experience been for you? Um, obviously scoring at the World Cup as well. Like how how's that been? I mean, because you, you think like you're 23 years old, a lot of lads are playing international rugby, especially in the back three at that age. But how's that been? It must have been unreal. Yeah, it was. And as I said, I'd still be playing even if I wasn't pro. Like I was, I was like a mega fan before I came professional, and like used to love watching it and used to love playing it. So to go into the sevens, which I knew a lot about and then playing with sort of the guys that I'd seen on the TV was awesome. And then to be able to stay there for three years and then get the chance to play 15s with Bath, it was just, it was, it was kind of just like have no regrets at it because I never thought it was going to come about. So it was just going to make, make the most of it whilst I could. It was like same as go, basically going into that uh, World Cup camp was I knew some people would be coming and going after every week and, you know, five weeks before it started, I didn't know I was anywhere near an England fold. So it was just literally making the most of it every week. If I went home, then I was leaving no stone unturned if I, and I was still going to have fun. And if I didn't, then I just, I had the jokes with Lewis Ludham. Actually, we'd joke literally every Monday, we'd walk in together and we'd be like, oh, we're still here sort of thing. And it got all the way, it got all the way to the plane at, um, on the way to Japan. So yeah, it, it was incredible being involved and to be involved in that sort of setup for almost half a year. It was like five and a bit months, I think, in the end was, yeah, was just, it was class. Mate, I, I did that 15 years. I'd walk in and be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mates are working at Alfred's in the factories and I'm like, mate, 
How am I a rugby player? I mean, a lot of people thought that. It weren't just me who thought that. It was a lot of people. Exactly. I was going to say, the funny thing was all the players are saying the same thing that are playing with you, Jim, as well. Um, but let's talk about them because obviously that training under Eddie Jones, pre-World Cup and during the World Cup, you know, it's a tough environment, isn't it? But you mentioned it earlier, this new breed of player, and I know you're 28, so you're not necessarily a youngster, but you are new into that environment. You, you go to training every day and you want to get better, and you want to improve, and uh, you enjoy training, so you train hard for it. I mean, I'd go to training every day thinking, I just need to do as little as possible today, so I'm fit for the weekend. But that emphasis has changed now massively, hasn't it? And, you know, you're someone that goes and enjoys it. Was training really tough, or was it really enjoyable, or a bit of both? No, it was tough, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it back to the sevens again. Like, that whole process put me in the perfect state, because, like, the baseline of sevens is to base work as hard as you fucking can and yeah work your nuts off and that's that's literally the the lowest standard that you can get to so anything above that was that's where you worked on so going into the camp I already I'd already been exposed to that sort of work as hard as you possibly can in those sessions so it wasn't so new to me as it would be for say a youngster coming out of academy into into a England squad so no it, it was it was seriously enjoyable um and like I know chatting to some of the guys that had I've been around the squad sort of the last two World Cups. They've said it was one of the most enjoyable times they've had in an England camp. So I think it made it better with with the work that went in off the pitch with the lads and getting to know each other and just staying that tight as a squad. One question we ask all our guests is around Eddie Jones. We always say, what's he like? How's your interactions with him? What's he like? How's your interactions with him then? Uh, because look, I'm warming to the guy, right? I really am. He seems like he works the guys hard. You know, you're kind of used to that. You know, Dylan had a bad knee. He weren't accepting of that. And he's come out with that, but he's kind of backtracked on that. But for you, um, have you had much interaction with him? Because that back three, you've got such quality players, but he clearly likes you, right? Because you've come from nowhere effectively under Eddie Jones. And it's great to see. Has he given you much chat? Yeah, he's um, he's been decent from the start. Literally first day I walked in to camp he sort of like he chatted to me and was saying like you're here because of what we we've seen and what you're good at so just keep doing that don't have to be anything new don't have to be a new person do what you're good at and he's always said that to me so even when I was like I'll easily admit like coming back from the world cup I was I had some pretty shit form for for club and wasn't probably was half expecting not to get into that six nation mix and the messages were still pretty clear and pretty simple and it wasn't sort of change the wheel it was just get back to doing what you're good at and to be fair to him he's he's been on and off messaging me like over lockdown just random chats as well it hasn't just been about rugby so yeah he's, he's a decent bloke and he, he loves the players and just wants the best for us and you know we'll, we'll push us hard but we know that that's to get our success he likes you. He, if, he, if he's messaged you, he likes you. He, he does, which is good. Because Vern Cotter never texts me, but Mike Brewer, I don't know if you've heard of him, he used to call me the iceberg. He was texting me all the time away from rugby, and he liked me, and he picked me for five games. Well, I'll ask you on that then, because I know Eddie Jones likes his little quirks, doesn't he, around different players. Um, you know, It's not all just rugby, rugby, rugby. What sort of stuff do you chat to Eddie Jones about then, away from rugby? Is it night-night um, Eddie sleep for a lot? I'm in bed early. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. It, it was literally, it's, it's like a one-word, one-sentence one message, just like, like how's it going mate and that's it as simple as that just out of the blue can be yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's it's just as as simple as that but it you know that you're you're still in that sort of thought process and stuff so yeah it's decent Uh, who knows i might not that might have been the last involvement for england last uh last october so who knows but i'm i'm enjoying it and 
yeah, it doesn't stop what I do day to day. Mate, with your form at the minute, there's no chance that's your last involvement at all. And as a winger, one of the things, as a fly-off as I was, you can't believe it, but I was, um, you always judge yourself on who's the best kicker in your position. For a second row like Jim, it's probably who's the hardest or who gives best the lad. Oh, sorry. No, who, yeah. give, who gives the least amount of penalties away. For a winger, for the, the layman, it's always who's the quickest. And that's the whole thing. We saw Lewis Rees-Sammet at the weekend score a ridiculous try for Wheels. He's rapid, isn't he? Who's quicker out of, do you reckon, quicker out of Lewis Rees-Sammet and Johnny May? And are you the quickest back back at Bath as well? Zamet or Johnny May? I saw. See, I, I'm not sure. I haven't asked Johnny this, but I saw them on a kick chase together mm-hmm. a couple yep. of games ago. And it looked like Zamet was pulling away, and I've heard miles faster. <laughs> miles faster. <laughs> Mate, he's, Johnny's got so slow during lockdown. He's so slow. <laughs> and who's who's the quickest at Bath as well? I so. An academy boy's just come through um, who people won't know about. He's just come out of school called Gabe Goss, and he is like next level quick. Like, there's normally, we reckon probably Joe Thock and the singer is probably the quickest, hits the top, best top speed, which is terrifying the fact that he's about 120 clicks. But um, yeah, I'd say J- Joe would be the top speed, but I think, yeah, I, Gabe Goss is another level speed. I think he'd probably be one of those challenging with Zamet and, and May in a race. So humble. Mate, just claim it's you. That's the way forward. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> mate, I wish. He's, scoring, he's, scoring, he's scoring every week, mate. Don't matter. Doesn't need to say it. Give it someone else. <laughs> All right, Rory. Well, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Best of luck uh, for the rest of the season chasing that silver wear with Bath. And next time you're texting Eddie, say, t- say hi to him from us. <laughs> Will do. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Cheers Rory. Thanks very much, Thanks. buddy. Good lad. Good bloke. Real good bloke, actually. Did you see how awkward he got when he told us that Eddie Jones was texting him? Yeah. Mate, Paul, mate Lewis, Lewis Ludlow may know the thing, mate. He's not <laughs> over Maybe it's a forwards-backs thing. Yeah, maybe it's a forwards-backs thing. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing when you're scoring loads of tries, Eddie's after you, isn't he? Well, we'll get back to the ruggers shortly, but uh, Jim, it's time for your favourite part of the show, isn't it? I, th- I think it's not just my favourite part of the show. It's the millions everyone's. out there. It's everyone's. It's absolutely everyone's. We did Japan through Jim's Eye, also known as Jim's, Jim's Japs, Japs Eye. Eye. That's gone. It's fallen by the wayside. This is the new and improved segment. And it's improved because we have our skipper of the ship. But anyway, let me do the intro. Riddle me this, Goody. Riddle me that, Carol. Jim will solve it with a lot of help. <laughs> did that in one breath hit me hello you two the riddle this week i'm in dundee this week oh it's beautiful here i have to say jim scotland is bonnie obviously it's not wales but you know carol's in dundee goody have you been there jim what dundee yeah never never okay could make course have it's north but no it's not wales So, from Dundee, here is this week's riddle for you, Jim. I am a thing, and I want to know what am I. So, without the first two letters, I'm an intelligent animal. Without the first three letters, I'm a subject in school. And without the first four letters, I am the letter E. What am I? So, for me, it ends in E, right? So, and without the first four letters, I'm the letter E. So I've got that bit. It ends in E. Without the first two letters, I'm an intelligent animal. So two letters, it's two. Without the first three, so it's three. So it's four letters. Fishy. It's got to end in E. 
Oh, Goody, have you not got it? No, I'm, I'm trying to write it out and think about it as well. I like this one. I like animals. Without the first three letters, I'm a subject in school. Without the first three, P-E. P-E? Oh. Man, I think I've got it. I think I'm get. well, I've not, I've not got it. I'm getting it. I was going to say cape. I don't know why I was going to say cape. What does that mean? Is a cape an animal? So P-E I'm going to go for. So And without the first four letters, I'm letter E. Oh, my word, I've lost it. I don't know what it is. Right, so I've got P-E. I've got E at the end as the letter. Without the first three letters, I'm a subject in school, so P-E. So it ends in P-E. I'm trying to think of what animals end in P-E. A-P. Ape, ape. So I'm a thing. You've got to remember I'm a thing. And here's the clue, Jim. Uh, you could eat me. Oh, what? What? Grape. I've got it. Grape. I've got it. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Jim got it. I've got it. <laughs> I didn't just get it. I solved it. You did, Jim. Mate, thank you very much. Hey, animals. I told you, Beck, we're getting a dog to celebrate. Um, riddle me this, Carol. Riddle me that, Goody. Jim just solved it. <laughs> oh, Loving it. Oh. Jim, I am astounded. I think this is a this is a first. Matt, I know. Matt, I surprise myself most days <laughs> with something will it. happen. I know. You got Mate, it before me. Mate, I don't know how. It's almost a guess. It's because I got PE at the end. Yeah. So E being the letter, PE being a subject. Was it and then, did you pick PE because that was your favourite subject? Uh, that's the one that I wanted to be good at. That was, <laughs> that was the favourite subject that I wanted to be good at. But Matt, I'm the, I'm the same. Some days I blow my own mind, genuinely, and that was just one of them moments live on here that you've just witnessed. Well done, Jim. Should we have a look at the Guinness Pro 14 semi-finals that took place oh, over the weekend? Oh, please. Mate, Munster didn't fire a shot. Munster, two weeks before, they got loads of change out of banging the Z-box kicks up. And uh, they didn't get any change this week. Lama was playing 15, struggled in the first game against Munster, got dropped or rotated out for Carney, for Rob Carney. Rob Carney, everyone thought he was going to come back for the game against Munster. He didn't. James Lowe, my goodness me. Friend of the show. Carving up, mate. Carving up. Lions uh, player. He'll be Lions. He qualifies for Ireland in November, I think it is. Yeah. And Caelan, the old Doris. Unbelievable. I think we spoke about him before the yeah. Six Nations and he got knocked out in his first game. Uh, he's, mate, Leinster, you ain't beating him. Like, 16 games unbeaten. Will they have the perfect season? Yes. I don't want to be horrible to Ulster, but I, you know what? I'm disappointed in Munster because they didn't fire a shot. You've got... Uh, Delande in the centre uh, with with Chris Farrell. They've got Larkham coaching the backs and just didn't fire a shot. But I, I enjoyed the game. I, I think I love watching Leinster. They're just so good. So And it seems whoever they put in, they play the same way and it, there's no drop-off, is there? You know, like we spoke about Northampton earlier trying to pick two balanced teams. Leinster can pick who they want and they're just ridiculously good, aren't they? Mate, they've got an unbelievable lock. Ryan Baird, young yep. lad. So James Ryan will be fit this week, apparently. This Ryan Baird, you watching, mate. He is the next big thing in world rugby, I'm going Lions, to say. I'm going, mate, Lions, mate, I'm going to throw it out there. Let's make headlines. Mate, throw, he's captain, mate. <laughs> I tell you now, if he stays fit, this kid is unbelievable. But, uh, mate, that was it. Leinster, easy win for them. Do you want to talk about the big one or not? Should I give you a well, round think, off of that? I think that was the big one. But the big one, yo, I, yeah, I mean, Ulster. I, I told you so. I don't want to say it, Jim. But I told you so. Didn't see it coming. 
could not see it coming at all. Ulster uh, rocked up, hadn't played that well, lost both games against Connacht in the first game, and then they got beat by Leinster's sixth team last week. <laughs> so you're thinking, hashtag always Edinburgh winning easily. Full noise, everyone's fit. Ulster out of sorts, they've had not issues, but they couldn't train the week before because someone tested positive for COVID or one of the academy players had it. They had a six-day turnaround on travel. You're thinking, hashtag always Edinburgh, comfortable victory, mate. Well, no, no, know, no. They, they, well, they didn't win. So it wasn't second half. Madigan, my old kahunas. Mate, they took Cooney off at half time. Yeah, what happened there? Mate, I think we've we've jinxed him. Well, Matheson's a decent replacement, isn't he? He is, mate. I, don't think, I think Cooney's struggling with his Achilles or his ankle or something. Um, anyway, so we'll bypass that. The subs that they brought on, Ulster, changed up their game plan. Edinburgh's discipline was awful. Poor Mike Willems has gone for an intercept pass when it's 19 oh. all. Mate, he should have he been... Not only that, bent. but he's flown out the line as well, hasn't he? Mate, he's flown out the line, but... Mate, Edinburgh lost it. That's as simple as that. Every opportunity to win the game, they didn't. Uh, Frank Murphy was refing. I'm just giving you a quick roundup here. I saw, I saw that, actually. Really good, really good. Might have, well, not might have, missed a controversial thing at about 77 minutes. Highball's gone up. Blair Kinghorn's gone to gather it. Whom, who you put out a tweet about, about the tackle he put on Bill Matter, has gone up, clattered him in the air. No replay or anything of it. Arguably, that could have been a game changer, but it wasn't. Yeah, competition for the ball, mate. Mate, well, I don't, I don't know. I only, I've only seen a clip of it, but... Mate, fair play. Marching on. Ulster, Leinster, final. I'm going. I'm getting on a plane. Are you, you going? Are you going? Yeah, I'm going to fight. Yeah, I'm going. I've got to put my suit on and stuff. I don't even know where it is. Go on, son. But yeah, I mean, Madigan, you talk about, we've talked on here about some shocking haircuts in the Premiership since it's come back. Mullet's going everywhere. He's got the opposite of a mullet. It's all shaved around the back. He's been to John Cooney's hairdresser and he's asked for the better John Cooney. That's what he's asked for. And then. Two bits of key stuff from Madigan. The touchline conversion, you know, you think about the ones that Edinburgh missed. And then the penalty. Oh, my testicles. We talked about Sexton's one a couple of years ago, that drop goal. But when you've not, like you've said, when you've not played for a, a season, maybe more, regularly as a first choice 10, you go to a new club, you come off the bench and you do that. The game's on the line. You win it for your team. I mean, I don't reckon there's any better feeling, is there? Oh, mate, I was. I said it after. I had goosebumps for him, genuinely. And I, I don't emotionally embed myself like that in many club games. But the one, because of the finish. But secondly, just watching him, and I don't really know Mads, Madigas. Mads. Um, but I kind of know him. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, just a bit of interaction or whatever. But you just genuinely pump for for the bloke. Like yeah. That's how I felt. I just thought, to be able to do that, Billy Burns' captain looked like he was struggling with a couple of niggles as well. Madigan's just waiting the whole time. Everything you hear about him is professionalism, you know, how he goes about his business, what he said about Bristol when he left, considering the way that he was treated. Yes, he's paid a load of money, but mate, he wants to play. So absolutely buzzing for him. And we tried to get him on the podcast today. We, and we tried to get a couple of Leinster players as well, but we couldn't. We weren't allowed. They're all on lockdown, aren't they? Not lockdown, COVID lockdown. Lockdown of we're, we're going to do very little media, maybe just rights holders this week because there's a lot of ex-Leinster boys that are playing at Ulster now, hey? That's why not to give them too much. I don't want to be horrible. I'd love to see it. But just looking at the two teams, Leinster, it's going to be, it, 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 it's going to be a full house this year. I, I reckon they'll win Europe as well. It's a tough... Tough one for Ulster, but it's the first final in, what, seven years or something, is it? 
So, you know, it's the John Cooney effect. He comes on the podcast and he doesn't, he, he doesn't have to do well himself, but his influence, he's an influencer. Yeah, I never think about it like that. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's yeah. just what we do, Jim. It is. Edinburgh, hashtag always, it's over. And uh, Cockers was fuming. Was he raging? Raging. Did you see raging. him? Raging. I saw him, mate. He was livid. Did he say, you're a fucking disgrace, Jim? What the fuck do you know? Well, it's not my fault. I, I didn't do anything. Well, I blame anyone. I was smiling, though. Maybe that's why he was annoying me, because I was smiling at, uh, for Madigan. Well, we'll just flick back to the Premiership now, and they've got uh, a full round of fixtures midweek and again next weekend before next Woo! week's pod. You guys keeping up? How, how, you, how do you think the players are doing? Mate, well, Marla's struggling, mate. He's struggling, mate. He said it. He's, he said it. So he might not be playing because he's struggling. He said it. I mean, he's, he's you know, he, he's finding it really tough. So <laughs> <laughs> Midweek, what games are you guys looking forward to? Well, funnily enough, I shall be heading up to the Rico Arena on Wednesday, Jim. Oh, well, mate, we'll, we'll, we'll flick against through Leicester. that. How, is there fans there or not? Is there fans? Well, I'm, I'm obviously a... Uh, an employee of Wasps, aren't I? So you know. Oh, okay. So I've got just business. It's just support. business. I'm going for. I'm going for business, and I'm jumping on the Wasp. Jumping on the Wasp bandwagon. Come on, boys! Top four. You're not involved in Wasps, are you? Uh, you never know, it. mate. You never know. You no. never know. You <laughs> no. never go. Uh, so Wasps. yeah, I'll be up, I'll be, I'm actually quite looking forward to it. I'm going to go up, play a bit of golf on Wednesday, and then uh, go to the Rico. All right, I might see you there. Not then on the weekend. Anything that sticks out for you? Any big games? What you got? Mate, it is for some. I don't even know who's playing. Uh, Wasps are backing up again against Bristol. Sale v Bath and uh, Gloucester. Quins. I suppose the big ones are any game that Bath and Wasps are involved in. Because in reality, that's the last thing that's, for me, to be decided. Who's going to finish fourth? So, Wasps-Bristol, massive game at the weekend. And then, obviously, Bath are away at Sharks. Sharks need to win that. So, yeah, I mean... We'll see some movement this week, won't we? There's 10 points up for grabs for any team. We'll see some movement. Um, I think the top four, top three are done. It's just whoever's coming fourth, and hopefully that's Wasps. Go on, the Wasps. Who's winning it, Goody? Come on, we've spoke a couple of weeks ago. Now we've watched the penalties slightly go down. Oh, Exeter. What, it, as in the, the whole thing, you reckon? Yeah, mate. I, they're just head and shoulders above everyone, whatever team they pick, right? Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to go Bristol's. <laughs> Thanks for asking. There we go. Right, let's finish things off the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, and Suns are with us again this week, aren't they, Goody? Yes, they're back and they've done absolute wonders for you, haven't they, Jim? That lid is looking on point. You look great on TV. The pictures you're posting in your best life on social media, your lid has recovered all the way because of Suns, Jim. Mate, first step, acceptance. Second step, recovery. Third step, Sharp as fuck, and that's that's where I that's I'm at. I'm in step three. I'm in step three now. I'm in phase three. If you're allowed to say phase, well, Suns is a men's health brand that's helping guys. It's one of the key issues that they don't often talk about how to keep their hair. They do this by offering free online consultations with GPs, providing a range of licensed and medically proven products for preventing and treating hair loss, and delivering via a monthly subscription direct to your door. They get results in nine out of ten men too, and you can take the consultation in less than two minutes. So just check out sons.co.uk and use the code RUGBYPOD20 to get 20 quid off your first order. That's sons.co.uk and the code is RUGBYPOD20. Go and check them out. Yeah, plenty of good this week. We'll start off in France. We love French rugby. We love the French. We don't love the French, but we love French rugby sometimes. But they're good this week. Racing winning away 27-23 at Lyon. It was the first round of the top 14. Of course, Racing do what Racing do and win away from home. Uh, Lyon, big pretenders as well. Matthew Bastereau, friend of 
Um, not me, but... Me, me. Yeah, you, your friend, Jim. Uh, he started at number eight for Leon as well. Can you imagine that? Which bit? <laughs> Just imagine, imagine the weight at the back of that scrum. The with size Bastro of that. Yeah. Uh, but Racing won. Uh, Claremont beating Toulouse 33-30. A hell of a game. But more importantly, the Toulouse try that I've put on social media, put it on my Twitter, ridiculous. Down to 13 men. Uh, Anton Dupont scores an absolute worldie of a try. Thomas Ramos starts it off with the old flick through the legs. A metre out from his own line. Just crazy scenes. Brilliant rugby. So French. So joué. So fantastique. Mate, loved it, mate. Tip of the slipper now back in the Premiership. Alex Good, no relation of mine. Probably doesn't want to talk to me because uh, I tweeted about Owen Farrell. But we'll tip the slipper to him. 300 appearances for Saracens. That is a huge amount. So uh, as Jim says, he's an absolutely hanging bloke, isn't he, Jim? That's what you said, wasn't it, Jim? No, mate, top bloke. Oh, yeah. No, no, as in top bloke, but he's hanging. Hanging bit of kit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hanging bit of kit, but uh, an amazing servant to Saracens. He's got loads of houses spread out across London because of the... <laughs> the issues that they've, they've created. But hey, 300 appearances. You've earned every house you've got. Uh, also on that tone, Jimmy Gopeth, 100th game for Wasps at the weekend and uh, real leader's performance beating Saracens down at Allianz Park. Um, Wasps get a mention in the good. They don't win it this week, but they get a mention. Of course they do. They're under, well, let's call it under 18s plus Jimmy Gopeth beat Saracens first team down at Allianz. Well, is it still called Allianz Park, Jim? Or is it just called Park now? Because Allianz are gone. Mate, controversially, <laughs> uh, I think it still might be Allianz Park, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know the commercial um, pipeline there. I'll be honest. There we go. Um, so that was good from Wasps. What else was good? Semi Randrandra, surprise. He's in the good. Seventeen carries, hundred ninety-seven meters made. Nine defenders beaten. Absolutely ludicrous again. Um, is he the best player in the world right now, or what? Thank you, because it could have been a disaster, couldn't it? He could have come here and it'd just be like he's not rocked up. Hey, for half a million a year, you're rocking up, aren't you? Half a million a year? Well, that's what they declared. Well, I thought he's a marquee, isn't he? Maybe it's a million. <laughs> Mate, let's just call it three. <laughs> let's just round up to three. Let's do uh, that. Worth every penny, whatever he is. Yeah, that was outstanding. Ollie Thorley as well. Eight tries in his last five Premiership games now. And Lewis Rees-Samet, they both get a mention. How quick? I mean, what about those wheels? How do you defend that? Mate, you're asking the wrong person. Mate. You, stand, you, you stand 10 yards outside him and say, inside, that's your man. And just cramp, usher it. Mate, just <laughs> pull up a cramp in the car. Yeah. Uh, so they were ridiculously good. Uh, Bath get a mention. Big win for them down at the stoop. Uh, Rory McConaughey, who we spoke to earlier. He just let your friend Chris Ashton know that Ashy's the past and McConaughey's the future, right? Mate, you're asking for me. Yeah, you just say, yeah, I ain't bothered, mate. I don't like <laughs> <Yeah>. Quinns. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so brilliant for Bath to win that game. Uh, but we will mention Quinns, not not the actual team, but the club. And you, I don't know whether Jim likes the club or not. You probably just don't like the team. I, no, but I do. I do like the club. you got fans. That's they've got going, fans. Uh, how good was it to see fans back in the stadium, back at the stoop? Uh, a big shout out to everyone at Quinns who helped that happen socially distanced and all that malarkey but 2700 people were at the stoop at the weekend just a shame their team let them down uh what else was good ulster it's the rugby pod effect isn't it jim we just mentioned it but john cooney comes on the pod joined us as our celtic correspondent and ulster reached their first final in seven years i'm with you mate but that's not the good, is it not? You're going Cipriani's wedding. That is aren't not. You? No, I'm not going Cipriani's wedding. The good this week can only go to one man. I reckon the curtains match the drapes. His upstairs lid was shaved nice and tightly, and his downstairs testicles were so huge to kick that kick, smooth as you like, veated in the wheelbarrow, just being carried around everywhere. Massive spuds from Ian Madigan to kick the winner for Softum. 
Stand up for the Madigan. Stand up for the Madigan. So the goo this week goes to Ian Madigan and his massive testicles for kicking the winner in the Pro 14 semi-final, Jim. I would have gone for Cipriani myself. It's getting married, but you've... I mean, I can't argue with that either. <laughs> uh, the bad. We'll start off with uh, Jim's old team. Which one am I picking out here, Jim? You're going to go with Leicester. No, Montpellier. <laughs> Montpellier. They what lost happened? At, they lost at home to Poo. Uh, Poe, sorry. Poe. Poe. I didn't say Poo. I said Poe. I saw Lozza was on the bench. Titi Lamazatelli was starting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, they lost, did they? Yeah. Spending all that cash and losing to Poe. Uh, not a great start for friend of the show, Philippe Saint-André, in his first game as their new director of rugby. Not great for them. We'll go to another nemesis. Of G- You'd have played against Lou Diaga a few times, would you, Jim? Well, he played against me. He was young then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but bad news for him. Uh, a third serious shoulder injury at the weekend. I, see. I didn't yeah. see that. Shoulder's gone again, apparently. So he's going to be out for quite some time with that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, really bad. Second rows with bad shoulders and he carries hard. But hopefully, and I say this with all Sale fans listening, hopefully he gets himself fit for the Lions tour because, you know, you want the Lions going over to South Africa and having their, South Africa having their big dogs, which Diaga is one of them. And... Who's the big unit over at Munster that oh, smashes now? Yeah, Snyman, another one. Maybe it's yeah. Advantage Lions now. Maybe, Jim, you can get on that plane. Mate, they've still got Chesney Colby, mate. I think they'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but that was pretty bad. Um, what else was bad? Munster. They were pretty poor. Didn't fire a shot. Really disappointed uh, in a semi-final. Just box-kicking galore. And Leo Cullen said it before the game, didn't he? And he said it after the game. It's a team that just likes to box-kick. You've got to bring more in a semi-final. So Munster will be very disappointed with that. What else is bad? Saracens. They get a mention in the bad this week. They put their big guns out, all their big guns, and they lost to Wasps under 16s, Jim. Of course they go in the bad. Of course, mate. Yeah. They have to, but they don't win the bad. They don't win the bad. So put a smile on your face now, Jim. The bad... Is Wasps. What? What's... We mentioned the club in the good, the fact that Quinns put all the effort on, all the fans in the stadium... Perfect scenario for Quinns to kick on and try and push towards the top. But the team let them down. So the bad this week goes to Harlequin's rugby team. Can we put Marla's tweet in that as well? Yeah, Marla's tweet. Anything, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anything right. Quinns rugby related. So uh, disappointing performance from them. That The fans rocked up, but the team didn't. And then the fans left early because they were really disappointed. So they get the bad this week. Uh, the ugly. Quite a few bits of ugly this week, Jim. Oh, I thought we were just going to go one. I mean, there's, there's only one that's going to win it. I don't have to pad this out too much but I will add in a couple of other things in the mix hit me hit me or us big Joe Ticori you seen this one no what's happened and Richie Arnold uh, both got sent off for Toulouse in their defeat to Claremont Joe Ticori with the elbow to the face of Fritz Lee uh, and Richie Arnold with a high shot as well straight reds for both of them Uh, I want to pick up on one here Andrew Kitchener got sent off for Worcester oh you tweeted about it did see that He's thrown about six punches, hasn't landed one, but he's still got sent off, so that's pretty ugly. But Siali Piertel, he clocks him as well. He's properly lost the head, Siali Piertel, because he's boomed Ted Hill, and then he's over the top of him, whooping and hollering, and, and then Andrew Kitchener, not happy with it, goes after him. There's a bit of pushing and shoving. I think Andrew Kitchener tries to throw one, misses, and then Siali Piertel just clocks him once, bang, punched him. So he's got a judicial hearing tonight as well. 
as, as Kitchener as well off the back of not not landed. He, he, yeah, he's got sent off for not landing a punch, but trying to throw about 10. Just say you were shadow boxing, mate. Yeah. Just say you were trying to scare him. <laughs> but then apparently, I think he told Wayne Barnes to do one as well as he's walked off. And oh, Wayne, he's lost his head. Yeah, he's lost his head. And Wayne Barnes goes, I will add that to the report as well. What I am disappointed in is Wayne Barnes missed Piertau's punch. Uh, didn't even check it on the big screen. And I've, I've messaged Barnesy and he's, he's now put his hands up and said he should have checked it. Uh, so even the best make mistakes, Jim. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. And we'll build to it. We shall build up to it. Because the ugly, I don't even need to say it. There's only one place it's going. Sips, no stag do. Well, that is ugly that you don't have a stag do. But Owen Farrell, absolutely disgraceful shot. He's nearly taken poor Atkinson's head off. Out of control, reckless, call it what you will. Jim said it earlier, the worst tackle you've seen in a, a long, long time. Hey, stop bringing it back to me the whole time. <laughs> All right, mate, if I'm going down, you're coming down with uh, me. Well, it looks like that way. It looks like I am, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the ugly this week can only go to one person, one place, and it is Saracen's Owen Farrell for the ugliest shot you've seen in rugby for quite some time. I don't know how we're going down. We've done nothing wrong, mate. I ain't done oh, you're right, wrong. you're right, you're right. And I don't care. I just, I speak the truth. I won't go down with this ship. I won't hold my hands up and surrender. Don't do it, Owen. You're a good don't, singer, don't mate. You're do a good Owen's, singer. Owen's a good singer. Yeah. Yeah, Lean On Me is his go-to. He's there good. you go, there's a compliment. There Owen, go. Owen can Thank sing, you. he just can't tackle. Thanks, Scooty. And you've got a couple of shout-outs to finish off with, don't you? Yeah, a big shout-out to Dave Duffy and Dan Sharp and the guys at Revolution Touch Rugby Club. Uh, Dave has recently been diagnosed with stage two testicular cancer, but has had surgery. So a massive good luck with recovery, Dave. And a reminder to everyone to check your bits and look after your health from everyone at Revolution Touch and from Big Jim and myself as well. Yeah, big shout out. And yes, every man should be checking their nuts. Yep. Also a big shout out to Paul Bain and Utoxeter RFC as well. Like lots of clubs have struggled to stay afloat since coronavirus hit and they haven't been able to access any grants from the RFU. So they've set up a crowdfunding page in the last ditch effort to help. So massive good luck to them and check out www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash URFC funding appeal if you can help them out. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Patricia Turman. Thank you very much for listening as well. Don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts on and check us out on YouTube as well. Owen is going down with the ship. He won't hold his hands up and surrender. He did hold his hands up. He did. He did hold his hands up. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod.